I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning on this Tuesday. Welcome into the show. Bill Ryder with you. Thank you for being here. We are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home, or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there for home loan solutions that fit your life. Rocket can. Uh, the last few days, I've opened the show saying, good morning to Deesa. Hey, Deesa, how are you? I'm great, Bill. And, and last night, my wife told me how that's, she loves that part of the show. She just likes hearing Deesa's voice early on, which I also heard as less of my voice, the better. Which, you know, hashtag marriage. It happens. But happy wife, happy life. Good morning, Diesel. Good morning, Bill. Happy Tuesday to you. Tommy DeCelestino, executive producer, pretty daddy, Tommy Muscles at Diesel CBS on the Twitter machine. Um, I don't know if we're going to do this or not, but I was thinking about maybe every day at this point or the end of the first segment somewhere, letting the people get to know you a little bit better. A little quick little Diesel, get to know Diesel, you know, something like that. So just very quickly, we have a lot to get to. What's your favorite color? Favorite color is green. Did not know that. Yeah. It's a very joyous, Christmassy, the world is verdant kind of color, and I love that about you. Tom DeCelestino, we're going to learn something every day. Oh, I'm sorry, you got more? Uh, no, no. Color is green. Oh. Not really a close second. Uh, head and shoulders, far and away, favorite color is green. Also my favorite color. No way. Oh, best friends. Did we just become best friends? No, we didn't. But love having Cell. Here on the show, we're gonna a little, little question every day. Uh, we're gonna get later in the show to a pretty terrible Monday night football game. You, you, you probably didn't watch a lot of, but it, but if you didn't, or if you did, uh, either way, the conclusion is the same. It turns out hiring a guy out of a TV studio who's never coached before does not lead to successful coaching decisions. Yeah, clock management not great. I've been wanting to say this for a while. It was a bad Monday for Saturday. It really, it really was. I, what, 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 what? <laughs> You've been holding on to that I one love ever it. since he got hired. I want him to get a job next year so I can say it on Thursdays, too, as if they would put the Colts on Thursday Night Football. Uh, all right, so we'll talk about that. It is a 
must win. We throw that around. No, this is actually a technical action. Yeah, you like that too? I love I love must wins because I use them even when they're not even close to a must win. Yeah, yeah you do. Uh, must win game match soccer for uh, the U.S. men's national team against Iran. There's a backdrop of politics, of recriminations, of reports of Iranian authorities threatening with torture the family members of those people playing if they um, if they continue to showcase their support for some of the protests going on there. There's a lot happening. The history of Iran beating the United States to knock them out in a similar fashion in 1998. We will preview that later in the show. We'll do NFL power rankings as we're deep into this NFL season and the picture of excellence becomes clear. The Dodd father, Dennis Dodd, is going to be on the show one hour from now. There's a lot to quote the big Lebowski, Donnie. A lot of ins and a lot of outs of what can happen, including if, let's just say for the sake of argument, USC loses to Utah again in the Pac-12 championship game, who's in? The Dodd father is going to lean back. He's going to rub his chin like he runs the world. He's going to do some kind of Italian thing, and then he's going to give us an answer. Or he'll just give us an answer. We'll do buy or sell, and we may try to slip a little basketball talk with Basket Bill here on the show. Uh, 855-212-4CBS, Twitter Sports Writer, Sports R-E-I-T-E-R. Never doubt the greed and desperation of those people trying to reclaim lost glory or a whole bunch of money for an enterprise that's come off the rails. Both of those things apply in the decision by Auburn to hire Hugh Freeze as its next head coach. And I think the thing that is most surprising or most telling about this is the way in which it's not particularly surprising. Freeze, you may remember, has a um, a checkered resume, a, a, an interesting history, both on and off the field, his most successful stint as a head coach, and, and the guy is, or at least was, offensively extraordinarily impressive, but you're going back a good six years to get to that point where it actually mattered. His most successful stint was at Ole Miss. Remember, uh, was at Arkansas State for a very brief tenure, got hired at Ole Miss, had, what, five years there, and was he was good at Ole Miss. And I think in some ways Lane Kiffin probably does obscure now the reality that that is not an easy program to win at. It's not an impossible program with which to be successful. It's not going somewhere where it can't be done. But whatever you accomplish at Ole Miss in the SEC, even in in Hugh Freeze's case from 2012 to 2016, if you accomplish something, it's impressive. But this guy wasn't an all-worlder. 39 and 25 when he got fired and there were reasons outside of the what I was going on the football field that program was five and seven the high water mark was going 10 and three the year before and they they played in the sugar bowl and they won the sugar bowl and he did as you probably read and seen beat Nick Saban in back-to-back years cool he also led his program under his stewardship into a whole bunch of NCAA violations now he did not get a what show cause for that for those sanctions but sanctions came down including a two-year ban and, and I, that is not a place where I'm going to be particular I don't really care I, I just I don't care coaches cheat it's part of the deal I'm not worried about it it's the other stuff that is ugly and inappropriate and I read something this morning I think in the athletic that summed it up perfectly so I'm going to try to summarize from them not trying to steal it hope it was the athletic I read a lot of newsletters in the morning Hugh Freeze is a guy who likes to present himself as a man of God and do the holier-than-thou thing 
And as a person of faith, I'm not criticizing the, the idea of it. I'm criticizing the perception that I think is fair that it's a whole bunch of malarkey. Because I don't know that you can be the holier-than-thou guy and get caught and fired for, in part, having solicited, allegedly, escorts, which is a very, and my kids are listening to the car, and if yours are too, earmuffs, a very polite way of saying money for services that really shouldn't be rendered as part of a financial situation, if you know what I'm saying. It was ugly. It was hypocritical. It was gross. It was done with a with a phone that was a part of that program, and it was part of what took Hugh Freeze out of his job at Ole Miss. That's a level of humiliation. That's a level of, I would hope you agree, moral degradation for a head coach who, even if it's a bunch of garbage, we like to pretend are stewards of young men becoming adults in the real world. Here's the deal. Here's what it's about. Auburn was desperate. Auburn looked at the landscape of the SEC, and I don't just mean the programs and the difficulty of winning there, but the increased excellence in the coaching ranks, and they couldn't get the guy they wanted in Lane Kiffin, and they said to hell with morality, to hell with what it looks like, we'll we'll hire a PR firm to help us get through this. We will literally contractually take over this guy's social media accounts. He doesn't have control of his own social media accounts as part of his job now at Auburn, and we'll go for glory. And it's going to fail for a few reasons. And it's ugly for the obvious reasons. I understand that when you look out at the SEC and you see Nick Saban and you see Kirby Smart, and I hate to admit it, but you see Lion Kelly. And I know LSU had a bad loss last weekend, but what he's done in a single season at LSU is to me every bit as impressive, maybe slightly more impressive than what Lincoln Riley has done at USC. Both guys have been spectacular in year one, but I think you would agree it is harder to win in the SEC than it is in the Pac-12. And USC, because of where it's located, because of its status as the premier program on the West Coast, whatever the doldrums it goes through, always has, and I mean always has, the most talented roster in terms of recruits, in terms of pure talent, in the Pac-12. It's not true for an SEC program if you fall behind. Hell, it's not true for most SEC programs that haven't fallen behind. You're not going to out-recruit Alabama. You're not going to out-recruit Georgia right now. So if you're Auburn and you look at Saban and what he's already built as an empire, and you look at Smart and what he's built as an empire, and you look at Lion Kelly, excuse me, Brian Kelly, down at LSU, and you're like, oh, my God, these guys are on the come-up, and they're only going to get better. And I think you look at Lane Kiffin, the guy you tried to hire, to say nothing of the other coaches in the SEC, many of whom are excellent, all of them except the Missouri coach. Am I allowed to make that joke as a Missouri grad? You are desperate. And you don't want Matt Rule, who went to Nebraska, because you're worried, because of history, that bringing in a coach, a successful one, who has not had success in the conference, is going to lead to failure. And so your desperation increases and you're worried because you don't want to go get Luke Fickle who I think is going to be very successful at Wisconsin and has again had a nice track record of late a better track record of late than Hugh, Hugh Freeze the guy was at Liberty the guy was at who cares what he did at Liberty but he's got that SEC credential he's got a history of making and winning some bowl games in the SEC that's no small feat and he's got those two consecutive wins over Nick Saban so long ago my son wasn't talking yet, and D-Cell's son wasn't even a glimmer in Tom's eye. That's a long time ago. And I'll throw out a name to you that I think is 
important to speak to as it relates to the failures that are likely for Hugh Freeze, who will make $6.5 million a year at a program in Alabama, at, at Auburn. You may not regard it this way, but they regard that program as one that should be as successful as any program in college football in the country. Period. There's no asterisk. There's no question mark. There's no uncertainty. We're talking about college football here, especially in the SEC. Rationality is not what dictates decision-making. If it did, a guy who called a bunch of escorts wouldn't be back coaching a bunch of college kids. Auburn views itself, and therefore the standards for freeze, as contenders year after year where they should be. And they're not going to get there, and the name I'll throw at you is Chip Kelly. You can be great at something. You can be excellent. You can have a history of success. In a similar way, you can be regarded as an offensive genius. If you leave the sport or you fail to succeed in this sport for a year and a half or two years, the game will pass you by. The fact that Nick Saban, who's not an offensive guru by any stretch of the imagination, has not just succeeded but stayed ahead of the curve as the sport has changed year after year, how you run offenses, and we've seen what he's done with his quarterbacks, how you recruit kids, I mean, we're at NIL now, how you just manage young people today versus 15 years ago or eight years ago, it's incredible. Hugh Freeze has not coached college football games that matter since 2016, and he got fired in part for the performances that weren't very impressive during that stretch. That is not, I'm doing the math in my head, seven years ago. That is 70 years ago when it comes to college football. I don't like the desperation of it. I can be fairly self-righteous, and that's just my worldview. I wouldn't have hired the guy for all the reasons that you know if, in fact, I thought he could be successful. I don't think he will be. I don't think it's going to work. I think there's too much competition, and I think he might have been one of the interesting next big things in 2016 if he hadn't self-destructed his own career with his terrible, amoral, hypocritical, ridiculous, awful life choices. He did that. And whether you care about those things or you don't, and by the way, I get it. I would care a lot less at the NFL level. I would. And I'm not in any way saying that someone should be canceled for life or never have a second chance. I'm just saying I don't think the guy belongs in charge of a major college football program. And even if he does, I don't think he's going to be successful any longer. This is an act of desperation and greed. This is Auburn looking around, not able to get Lane Kiffin, and saying to themselves, oh, holy hell, we don't know what to do, which has been clear at Auburn for a really long time. College football is overwhelmingly competitive. The SEC is that reality on steroids times a thousand. And the decision by Auburn to look past the obvious moral failings of this coach, to look past the institutional failings, because it's three things. The morality of it should matter. Unfortunately, we know that it doesn't. The fact the NCAA came down on this guy is a really big problem. They're going to be keeping an extra close eye. But the fact that he couldn't win at the end, and that the game seemed to maybe have been passing by then, and that he has spent the last seven years either not working, first few years that he was fired, or at Liberty, which is a small, backwater, no disrespect to that school, non-important player in football, when it comes to the standards of SEC football, This is the most obvious story on the face of the earth. Hugh Freeze is going to fail, 
It's not going to work. It's an ask of cowardice and desperation that adds up to absolutely no success, and that's the worst part of all. If you're going to sell your soul or compromise it a little bit and have to hire a PR firm and make yourself look stupid and embarrass your entire university and announce to the world, we don't care about right and wrong, we, can, we care about W's and L's, hire the right guy who can win. They didn't do it. Hugh Freeze will win a national championship when hell freezes over. I had to get one pun in there. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Uh, let me know if you like the um the D-Cell, you know, like getting to know D-Cell, when we should do it, what questions you want, sports writer, sports R-E-I-T-E-R. And by the way, I think I say this every month, if you go on the old Facebook Messenger and you look me up and you send me a really nice note about the show and then you get a note back last night at 11 p.m. Pacific time with an apology, I am sorry. I don't look at that very often. Thank you to all of you who wrote. I apologize. I'll try to check it more often. 855-2124-CBS is the phone number. Deion Sanders is oversharing, and the U.S. men's national team is in a moment of desperation. We get into both next here on CBS Sports Radio. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back to the show. A little bit later, we're going to get into a topic, and I'm going to hit a long ball. It's a common phrase in baseball. It's used all the time. The proper context of that rejoin is that you didn't say, hey, hit a long ball. You said, it's time for long ball. They play long ball. Yeah, like you're some character in Yellowstone. <laughs> I mean, what was happening there, man? Um, it's it's D-Cell. Favorite color is green. What's your favorite number? Not your lucky number. Your favorite number. Three. Me too. I don't like where this is. There's at. no way. Three is your favorite number? Fifteen and three, yeah. He's yeah. getting a little weird. Yeah. Three's like, it's kind of a holy number, right? You know, the Trinity, just things in three. I don't know. This is a, this is a little weird now. I don't like where it's going either, pal. I don't like where it's going either. Um, By the way, you know what the Mandela effect is, right? The Mandela effect are things that you remember a certain way but aren't that way, and you're sure that they've changed somehow in history because of time travel or because... They, you know, the hard, the the hydrogen, the hydrogen collider, <laughs> the the Harden collider, collides at NBA players. I I've got a my wife thinks I'm it's ridiculous, but then something happened to us, and now she's she's okay. The, it's real. The Mandela effect is real. I'm gonna wait till Bogus is back, and we're gonna get into the Mandela effect. Okay, it's gonna blow your mind. Uh, it usually does. So uh, I uh, I'm excited for this one. Speaking of things that feel upside down. Um, Deion Sanders is a real coaching candidate in, in a very, very serious way. I don't even know. I don't even know how I feel. Like, most coaches are offered jobs like, I'm not going to answer that. Deion Sanders gets on a conference call before. Yeah, you know, Colorado offered me. I mean, I've been offered the Colorado job. There's others. I'm not going to, you know. <laughs> Colorado. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> and um, this is true. He's been offered the Colorado job. There's a report out there that most people would deny and call the reporter a liar. But Deion Sanders, and I respect it, is like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I've been offered that job. You made an interesting point this morning that I wanted you to make again of your view of Colorado offering Deion Sanders a job. Maybe I'm alone on an island on this one, but when I read that article yesterday where where Deion confirmed that he has indeed been offered that job, I kind of felt like Deion is above the Colorado job already. I know he's only coached at Jackson State, and he's done a great job there turning around that program. I kind of feel like he could get a better job than Colorado already. It, it's Yeah, it's a really interesting point because simultaneously, what my wife hates it when I refer to maybe as a paradox, I absolutely agreed and absolutely disagree with you. And I just mean my, my sort of gut reaction was, of course it's beneath him, but how can it's not beneath him. It's, it, I, feel, I feel torn here because you're right. His, his unique approach to coaching has, has worked for Jackson State. But he's also recruited not just at a remarkable level for that level of football. He has recruited Division One kids who were looking at other big schools to go to that school, some of them, because they just want to be around Deion Sanders. And I, I don't know, and if I don't know, I, I mean I, I'm not, I don't have the answer, Diesel, whether that recruiting advantage would translate in any meaningful way at a Division One program, I guess it might. I guess if you're choosing, I guess if you're choosing Jackson State over Florida State, you're going to choose Colorado over Florida State. Is that the right conclusion? 
Listen, I have no idea if Dion is actually a good X's and O's coach. He's played football. He's a Hall of Famer. So maybe, maybe it's kind of like anybody who defended Jeff Saturday. He was a great player. Maybe he'll be a good coach. I have no idea. I know he can recruit. I know kids want to play for him. I think, I think you take that risk. If you're a Colorado, if you're an Arizona State who I know already hired their head coach, but I just think he's he can get a bigger job than Colorado already. We just talked to you, Freeze. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna jump down the the, the rabbit hole with you, which is an expression I hate because I'm terrified of Alice in Wonderland, and I believe that's where that comes from. I'm gonna I'm gonna go down here with you. I don't think I know why Hugh Freeze got hired, and if you are putting aside all the ugliness and garbage, and I wouldn't, but if you are, I understand why he got hired, and I think Hugh Freeze is not going to succeed. I think it's a obvious gamble that's obviously going to lose. I think it is the well-meaning accountant in Vegas who's playing the odds right, but he can't win because it's Vegas and you're going to lose. I don't think it's going to lead to success for Auburn. If you're going to gamble, why not just offer Deion Sanders the job? Are you, are you, what is the percentage difference for you that Hugh Freeze is successful versus Deion Sanders? Are you really convinced that Hugh Freeze is 80% more likely or 30% more likely to be successful than Neon Dion? if Neon Dion has the amplifier of the media and the prestige and the reality of a place like Auburn? The only difference, and this is the only thing I could point to that's tangible, is Hugh Freeze has done it in the SEC before. He's beaten Nick Saban twice. Dion can't say either of those things. He's never coached in the SEC, and he hasn't beaten Nick Saban. That's all you could point to. Here's the thing, and i got to be careful quoting anonymously on, on, on folks because it's not always fair, but before Deion Sanders was ever considered a coach, I knew a guy who worked with him every day, every day on some of, of, of Dion's NFL coverage, right? Like as a t- on the TV producing side. And, and the guys swore to me, that Dion was a great guy and a nice guy, but would fly in, not have watched games, not have really followed the NFL on any level. And this happens to, I've seen it to a certain extent with athletes, but not like this. And that base, literally like, like who's Jeff Saturday, right? I'm making this up. That would be an example. Okay, what? God, and they would go on there and talk about it. And there's certainly, I think, and I won't pretend that I've covered, I've followed Jackson State football every single moment. But in what we have followed, there's a lot of reason to believe based on, Dion's travel habits and just general approach that he is a very high level CEO who's delegating a lot of things beneath him and it's working. Do you think that can work in the SEC? Can you have a guy figurehead's the wrong word, who's in charge but he is delegating offensive coaching duties, coordinating duties, defensive coaching and coordinating duties to other people at a large at a large clip? Because that I think is the question. It's not a question of whether he's smart at football or not smart at football. It's whether the philosophy of a Hall of Famer, who's a multimillionaire, and has a very, I think, unique approach to how to do the job, whether that translates to top-level football. No chance that works in the SEC. No chance. No chance that works. It didn't work in the Big Ten. I mean, those were the reports we were hearing about Scott Frost at Nebraska. It didn't work on that level, and I think there's a big gap between the Big Ten and the SEC. And that's Scott Frost just thought it was Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders is Deion Sanders. Right. I don't think there's any way you could be that hands-off and be the head coach, just for example, at Auburn. You can't do it. It sounds like a hot take when I say hire Deion Sanders over Hugh Freeze, but let me just put it in the context if you missed the opening of the show. I have zero, and I mean zero, confidence Hugh Freeze is going to be successful on a five-year timeline. 
do I think there's going to be one season where he wins 10 games and maybe they're LS, this year's LSU light where there's a brief flirtation with great success or even more than that because the playoff expand? Yeah. Do I think the wheels are going to come off and he's not going to be able to maintain his level of excellence and he'll be fired in a you know four, five, six-year timeline? I do. So if you, like me, think you freeze can't succeed, you might. I would have hired someone other than him or Dion. You might as well go for go for gold. Uh, very quickly here, before we get to NFL power rankings, which, by the way, D-Cell, it's still on the table for you to do NFL power rankings one day. I'll do the D-Cell hour. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. But I'm going to, like, jump in and, like, make fun of you unfairly. Oh, you good, got the good. Chiefs won? Good. I'm looking forward to that one. Okay, I won't do that. That was a joke. My, my, my fellow favorite <laughs> color green number three guy. Uh, I would believe you, but I think that that's absolutely true, that you would interject with me. jokes. All right, before we get to that, and D-Cell again absconding on his duty, away from his duty, without his duty, absconding without his duty of, 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 of the D-Cell hour that he's been pushing for off the air for ever, not lying at all. Um, a little just refreshing here on, on, the, on the World Cup. If you're just kind of tuning in, if you're casually interested, here's how it works. There are 32 teams that make the World Cup. It's... All, it's years of preparing and then qualifying. The U.S. men's national team, like every other team, is in a group of four. You play every team once. That's three games you play. The third and final game is today, and it's real simple. We didn't beat Wales even though we dominated. We didn't beat England even though we certainly could have. We have to beat Iran today. If we beat them, we go on to the knockout stage. The 32 get culled down to 16, and then it's simply a tournament. You win after that, after today. If you win, you move on. If you lose, you go home. It's a big deal to move on to that, especially for the U.S. men's national team. Have to beat Iran. Now, uh, somebody, some genius, removed a part, the religious aspect of the Iranian flag, which became a huge controversy. And I think it's politically makes sense, and I would agree with it. But this is the World Cup. It's not a political delegation that's been sent over to Qatar. It just isn't. You also have Iranian players, which actually makes me conflicted here, Tom, who have been very brave. If you haven't followed the politics of Iran, there was a young woman who was arrested by the secret police who monitor basically religious rules and behavior, and in the custody of this organization, this this um, political-slash-law enforcement organization, Iran, she died, uh, allegations of abuse, and there's been protests all over Iran, which doesn't happen in that kind of a place. And these players have largely protested in their own way, said things at press conferences that you don't say, refused in the first game to sing the national anthem, and a report yesterday, last night, that Iranian officials have threatened to torture their families if they do not behave properly in this game. Which, Diesel, I'm rooting for America, but it's just a reminder that people are not their regimes, right? People are not necessarily the regimes they operate under. And so I actually have a little sympathy. If, if Iran were playing anyone but us, I would be rooting for, for that group of players because I think that's extremely brave. But my point is that I think it offers a certain motivation. It is the Super Bowl for this, for this team in this country. But there's also this group of players who have, I'm not sure if they have political power, but they have some sway and they have some influence. And there's just an interesting level of distraction or inspiration in what has been, I think, some courageous attempts by them to push back. I know that's not a sports thing, but it does play into the fact that the U.S. is underperforming. They don't have a number nine. They don't have a striker who they can rely on. They have a, a coach in Greg Berhalter who is something between over his head and an idiot. I just think he is. Like That's that's where I am, Diesel. I don't, I don't think he's very good. Um, they have not been clinical in terms of finishing. And this is a, a program, a, an organization, U.S. men's national team, that has underperformed many, many times. 
my point is I'm extremely worried about this game, and I think it's far from a guarantee we are going to win. They beat us in 1998, and they, while they got destroyed, absolutely destroyed by um, by England, they played Wales a really good game. And I know you're a big soccer fan. Because a tie means Iran, Iran advances and the U.S. doesn't, they can sit in a low block. They can put six guys or every guy behind the ball. You have to break that down. That is hard for some of the best teams in the world to do that have strikers and scores. We don't. I think we're going to win D-Cell, but I'm a little nervous about it, and it's on at 2 p.m. Eastern today. Winner take all for the U.S. Must win game. Pretty exciting. You should watch it. We dominated. I will be watching. We dominated time of possession against Wales. We had many more scoring chances than England. Will you know right away when this match starts whether the U.S. has come out aggressive enough? I don't think so because I think there's a couple things that are to the U.S.'s advantage. One, I'm not sure it's their advantage, but but they have historically over the last year in qualifying certainly been much better in the second half of games. They went a whole streak where they just didn't score in the first half. So there's something about this team where they can score late, so that's hard to pick up on early. And we do have more depth, I think, than Iran, especially because we have players like Gio Reyna and others who should be starting and aren't because, again, Greg Berhalter, I'm not saying he's stupid. I'm just saying that there are people who have who have said that he is, Diesel. That's what, I, you know what I'm saying. Like That's what's been put out in the universe. So that is depth you can turn to that should be starting. We are a bigger country, obviously, and while we don't have the same tradition, Iran, it's not like Iran is um, Uruguay or, or, you know, the Dutch or some other smaller country with a history of, of, of soccer greatness. I think we I think it could but the the question becomes if it's the fiftieth minute or the sixtieth minute and it's zero zero, does the pressure impact the United States in a way they can't handle? And again, soccer you're the one that taught me this because you're a big soccer guy. But apparently there's a thing called counterattacks where a team that, that plays defense, if they turn the ball over in the right spot, they can counterattack and it opens up the field and there's a real chance to score. And I don't think our back line's great either. So, a lot of nerves. A lot of nerves. You think we're going to win, but you don't sound very confident. i got to be honest here. I mean, Vegas only has the U.S. at minus 108. I mean, that's basically mathematically almost an exact coin flip. It's basically a pick em. That's U.S. to win, and a draw doesn't get it done. I'm, I'm nervous, man. And I want to be very clear here. This is a disaster if we do not get out of the group stage. Is that correct? Absolutely. The only silver lining, and it's not a big one, I want him to win, is that Burhalter will be fired before he gets back to the States. Who I think is not dumb, but I've heard people say that. But I don't think he's good at coaching the U.S. men's national team. So I think that's a problem. Seems to be problematic. <laughs> Let's do NFL power rankings. We're going to get D-Cell's assistance. We're, you know what, we're going to pull him in. We got, a little, we got a power ranking surprise for you and D-Cell here on the show after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Greg Cassert. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Speaking of weird, um, I didn't, make, I didn't even make this football connection. D-Cell, you did, so I will just reenact it. I was, uh, I was at a social event with an interesting cast of people. Really liked all of them, but like an interest, like very Hollywood, sort of some famous overlap going on. It was, which of these things, if you play which of these things don't belong, every person on earth would have pointed at me and my wife and like, these guys. <laughs> And um, but I had a good time. But one of the people there, and I had been drinking a little bit, was pitching the benefits of ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is that what it's called? Ayahuasca, which is a um, apparently it's a drug. I'm, I don't take drugs, so I don't know how that would. I'm more of a drinker. <laughs> I don't know how that would go for me. But I was like, I'm in. Let's do it. How does it work? When we? She's like, Will you come back? And we have a not a shirt, but like a guide. And I told this to my buddy yesterday. He's like, Don't do it, man. It just changes who you are. And then you made the connection that I totally forgot. This is the Aaron Rodgers drug. You and Aaron, you would come full circle with Aaron Rodgers. I got to tell you, when when the when the really good tequila had worn off in the morning, I was like, I'm not doing ayahuasca. <laughs> what am I talking about? But I was like, I'm in. The whole table was like, I don't know. And the, and the woman who's pitching is like, Oh, you're gonna love it. I've done it five times. I'm like, I'm in. I'm not in. You would totally get Aaron Rodgers. This needs to happen. I don't want to be like Aaron Rodgers. But you would understand his point of view and all the weird things he says. I don't want to understand. By the way, maybe um, you would start talking like him too. You would be really soft and quiet and try to sound super smart with everything you said. Alice in Wonderland is my nightmare. I'm worried that it would actually send me to... <laughs> yeah, it, in my head, that's what exactly what it looks like. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not. Where, where did Alice in Wonderland take place? What was the... Wonderland. Uh, she's yeah. in Wonderland. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, gives me just, I'd get sick to my stomach thinking about it. I Sick to my stomach. The story with the walrus and the clams, are you kidding me? None of it makes any sense, any it's sense so whatsoever. It's so disturbing. It's so disturbing. And it's like for it. kids? No, it's for darkness. <laughs> I hate it so much. All right, should we, uh, perfect transition to NFL power <laughs> rankings. Some will rise. Others will fall. Let the ranking begin on Writer Than You's NFL Power Rankings. Number five. We got, we got a little twist. We got a little twist. I'm going to ask you a question after every, after before every power ranking, all right? Push that number again. Let's do it again. Number five. Who would you put here? I think I would go with the San Francisco 49ers. Ding, ding, ding. Best friends forever. I got the Niners here. Let's go. Audience, you couldn't see. D-Cell do a fist bump. Tommy Muscles came out. I, um, I've i been on this train, what, for a month and a half now. I think they will end up as the most dangerous team in the postseason from the NFC side. You knew there was an inevitable Seattle fade. The Bucks are interesting. I wouldn't be shocked if they make a run, but I don't. I'm not betting. I don't think it's going to happen. 
I personally, if you listen to the show, you know, don't believe in Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins in, in, in high-leverage situations. That leaves the Eagles, and I think they're a good football team, and we'll, we'll get to them in a moment. But for, for me, the Niners are the team on the come up. Their defense is incredible. We know Jimmy G isn't good enough to be extraordinary, but we've already seen him lead this team deep in the playoffs several times. They know what they have in Garoppolo, and I think there's a weird kind of pressure off because Jimmy G won't be there next year. Trey Lance will probably be back, the guy that Cell would take over Aaron Rodgers. Number four. So I'm going to give you this one. I'm just like, you, you give me your, you give me your that thought. I struggled. I got the Bills here. Whoa, whoa! Did not see that one coming. I think that's the lowest they've been on the list this year. I, I know they, I know they won over, uh, over the weekend. I know they got the victory. They're eight and three. They've won a couple in a row. They're a top the AFC East. They're actually tied. Here's the thing. The Achilles heel that was raised several weeks ago in general NFL media circles about this team, that they can't run the ball, that as a result their their red zone offense is wildly inefficient and unreliable, that they are overly dependent on Josh Allen, not just in terms of his arm, but in terms of his ability to run the football, and the way that that compounds injuries for for Allen and puts him under jeopardy. And all these things are, are, are linked up. It, for me, has an extraordinary team that has a weakness you can... Tr- I'm not sure if you can exploit it, but it is a, it is something that can come to bear in a game. If you have trouble if you have trouble scoring in the red zone and you're playing teams that don't, if you're a poor version of the Chiefs, because the Chiefs have similar things, but they just figure it out because Mahomes is much more effective than Josh Allen because he's much more effective than anybody... And you have to worry about Josh Allen being a little banged up and having to run the ball and move the chains and put himself in jeopardy. They're still extraordinary. I just, I dock them, Cell because I think it is something that's going to have an impact. Yeah, and let's be honest. I mean, you mentioned it on, on Thanksgiving Day. They beat the Lions, but let's be honest about it. They squeaked that one out. I mean, that game looked like it yep. was going to overtime at the very least, and then you never know what's going to happen. They the won. should have won that game. Yeah. They've been finding ways to win games. They have not been putting teams away like they were doing early on this season. They're just they're, they're they're and the thing is the NFL is an adjustment league in a way that most of us, even that do it for a living or love the sport, don't follow as closely as as we could because it's very incremental and it's in the margins as people who watch tape for a living. But if you've got a very clear issue, teams are going to make your life harder, and that's happened to them. They, they won games, but the ease with which they've done it has gone away. Because I think other teams have closed the gap by exploiting some of the things we're talking about. Number three. Again, tricky here, and it might feel like disrespect again. I have the Eagles here. I got it's a little low. I don't think it's outrageous. I actually have the Eagles number four on my own list. You would swap them with Buffalo. I would. I get it. I, and I, I just for me, you're talking about an Eagles team that, that, that are ten and one. Their, their margin of victory is not as substantial as, as some other teams, including the Cowboys, right, who are good and I think not great. But they find ways to win, and they're unbeaten on the road. Their defense is excellent, and I think Jalen Hurts, and it's an interesting question of his style of play, and he is, has been absolutely dynamic offensively and what he does athletically and his ability to move the chains in various ways is awesome. Is that something that converts to the postseason? I think there's a legitimate concern that it doesn't, but I believe it at a much higher level than I do Kirk Kissing Cousins and Deck Press not. So, so I, I, I'm in on the Eagles. 
I believe in the Eagles. <laughs> that one hit? Did we like that one? Yeah, that's the first time I heard that one. Yeah, I just threw it in there. Uh, I think the Eagles are extraordinary. I just think I think there's a couple teams that are the cream of the crop, and I, one of them might be surprised. Number two. I got the Dolphins here, man. They, they don't – oh, you like that. They don't lose when Tua Tungavailoa plays. And this is me being 100% wrong. I thought that the new head coach, who looks like Tom DiBenedetto, Jim Rome's executive producer, was going to be a disaster. And he's been excellent. I thought Tyree Kill was a vanity move. It actually opened up the offense and opened up Tua in terms of what he's good at. We know the defense was awesome because last year that's what carried them to that 9-7 and seven record that that Brian Flores still got fired over and was that controversy. The Dolphins are, are legitimate. Number one. Kansas City Chiefs, man. Kansas, and they got some, they got some weaknesses too. They And I say the same thing over and over again, and maybe I should come up with a new term, but they play with their food. But they, they're 9-2. and two, They keep winning games. They find ways to win, and Maybe it's recency bias, but going to that game a couple weeks ago here in L.A. against the Rams in person and watching the surety with which the Chiefs move the ball when they need to in sort of in, in living color was a reminder of the historical level of greatness that Mahomes displays. I'm not calling him Brady. I'm not calling him Montana. I'm not putting him on the Mount Rushmore yet. He's got to stay healthy. You can only assess what's happened. But you're talking four now, I think this is five seasons in which Mahomes' presence alone, this isn't supposed to happen in football, other than maybe Brady and before Rodgers, has made the Chiefs a contender because he's there. Period. The defense is slightly better than the years past, including the year where they won the Super Bowl. Blah, 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 blah. The Chiefs are awesome. Honorable mention. You might be surprised by this one, uh, Diesel. Give me the the Detroit Lions. I find myself like just enamored with these guys. Wow, you're into the bite in the kneecaps of Dan Campbell. Ah, bite some kneecaps. I mean, look, they're four and seven, and they've been, you know, their 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 net point differential is negative thirty five. The honorable mention is because they are honorable in how they fight, and I think we'll be mentioning them a whole bunch next year when they are able to take another step forward. They they've had so many games they should have won, and they should have won that Thanksgiving game over the weekend, over the long weekend, against Buffalo. They, they had them. They had a chance. And, and I'm not bitter, even though I bet on them on the money line. Or maybe I'm a little bitter. But Dan Campbell's got them playing great. Golf's been interesting, but he's not the quarterback of the future. They're building something for real there. Here's your participation trophy. This goes to the Cowboys and, and the Vikings in the sense that maybe, and we'll end it here, I'm probably undervaluing one of the two. Actually, that's not true. I don't believe, that's false humility. I don't think I am. I'm 100% <laughs> right. They're a bunch of bums. But they, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. <laughs> uh, you, either one yeah. more so than the other. Who, uh, who is the lesser of the bum? If I had to pick one? Ugh. Got it. I think I'd take the Cowboys, even though the Vikings are a better team, because Kirk Cousins, man. No grasses. Uh Let's talk some let's talk a little college football. The Dodd Father. Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports College Football Aficionado, joins us next year on CBS Sports Radio. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. 
the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 